2: Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This
0: is Martina
1: Navratilova.
2: I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy
0: Murray, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. <laughs>
2: Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast on day six of Wimbledon 2017. We're brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport. I'm Catherine Whitaker. I'm joined once again by David Law. We're both members of the BBC Radio 5 Live team for Wimbledon this year, and it's been a great week already. What has happened on day six of Wimbledon? Well, there haven't actually been any major upsets, but there have threatened to be all sorts of major yes, upsets. It's that's been true. one of those, there's been loads and loads of drama, but the results haven't been dramatic.
0: And you, you were on one of them, weren't you? I mean, one of the biggest ones, top seed Angelique Kerber, looked like she was on her way.
2: I don't know how she came through that, I really don't. She was playing Shelby Rogers, uh, who has formed taking out big seeds. She took out Simona Halep uh, at the Australian Open earlier this year, a couple of years ago. She reached the quarterfinals of... French she's a very sort of cool calm collected person but I think being in a winning position against the world number one did get to her in a way that some other things haven't before she was set and forty two up and as Jonathan over threw to me for, for for coverage of it on five live he drew a comparison with Andy Murray last night he, her male counterpart world number one in in a struggle. And I said, I don't think she can find the fight in her that took Andy Murray over the line last night, the will, the fight that we spoke, spoke about on last night's podcast. I don't think Angelique Kerber has that in her. And somehow she found it. I still don't think it was Andy Murray-like. I still... Jeff Tarango, uh, alongside me in commentary, talked about Dr. Jekyll and Miss Hyde, Dr. Dr. Kerber and Miss Hyde. He said, you know, there's 10% of her that wants to lose. He actually said more than ten percent. I'm just watering down what he I said. I don't a believe bit. that. I do. I, not necessarily on every point, and I think the wanting to win part part is dominant, which is why she won today, while well, she wouldn't have done. But yeah, there's a part of her I've seen it over the last few months. There's relief when she loses. It's not the only emotion. There's disappointment as well, but there is, without question, an element of relief when she loses. But she did fight today. She won, and she was delighted to win. And I do believe that things can change, you know. Things can change over the course of a tournament. She can play herself into form. The problem for her is she plays Gabinia Muguruza next on Monday. Who's playing really well and still hasn't had any kind of outing on centre-court or court number one. She's been really shunned at this tournament, Gabinia Muguruza. And uh, surely Kerber Muguruza will be centre court match on Monday. The order of play, which isn't out yet, so we can only speculate. Do you think it will, really it be, will be speculated? About I don't think it will be. I don't either. I think it should be.
0: Yeah. Well. Yeah. I'm not sure about that. I think maybe Kurt, the
2: world number one against the finalist of two years ago, the informed player, the the much talked about. That has to be a centre court match. I think
0: if it's going to be two women's matches and one men's match, then then yes. But, but I, th- I think I would still yeah. be putting concert on Centre it Court. It will be,
2: but it doesn't have to be. Mm. Simon Briggs has arrived. Hello, Simon. Hello. I hear you're
3: discussing Angelique Kerber.
0: We are, yeah. We, we were impressed with the fight back. I tell you, look, I, I, just, I, I see the point about the relief that when and I th- but I don't think it's that she wants to lose I think that it is not want no but I, I think I think there is an I can see the point of the battle of relief because she's struggling so much with getting it all together it's not going well and at least when the match has been over this year she hasn't got to worry about it anymore it's just happened but I think she I think she is a heck of a fighter, ordinarily. Look at what she did last year, the number of times she yeah, came back. Yeah, but she's back. not the...
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Fundamentally, she is, but there's something about her this year that isn't the same Angelique Herber as last year. She can find it again, absolutely, but there's a resignation about her when there isn't the defiance. You know, yeah. we talked about it with Novak, more, Novak it is Djokovic. more Djokovic, you know, where, yeah. Yeah, Exactly, where's yeah. the defiance that we're so used to seeing no, too often when she sprays something wide or long or double faults, it's a shrug. So this could be a big a, moment. It could be. Yeah. It could be. I don't feel any confidence that it will be, but it absolutely could be.
0: Yeah. What's Simon Briggs been washing? Um,
3: mostly Novak. So um, also just looking at the uh, Lady Singles draws. I'm trying to work out what the best matches are. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't you think that for the purposes of the public, van der was Wozniacki is quite juicy.
2: I think they're all pretty juicy I think that uh, I think that's the issue and I think Conta will be put on Centre Court on Monday I think there's a strong argument for that the 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 club seems to defend its decisions on the basis of market forces giving the people what they want putting on Centre Court the things that people they think are most interested in my issue with that is it's a self-fulfilling situation you put Federer on on court center court people are going to be most interested in him you know people could be but look okay federal is a bad example, <laughs> bad example. put ostapenko on center court people will get interested in her people yeah, won't the, the, the point average tennis watching punter at home won't see the order of play and go oh Yelena ostapenko put her on center court people will start getting yeah, interested I, in I, her i
0: definitely think it's a fair point that that if if the view is well people want to watch the men's matches more, don't they? But if you stick them on, of course they're going to watch them.
2: Well, it, if, you, I mean, if you
0: if you were to stick the women's matches on and say actually, you know, we believe that this should just be equally It's a done.
2: microcosm of the wider issue, which is everyone a, 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 all these people go, oh well you know, women don't get equal prize money because of market forces and you know, but, but that doesn't account for the world and the way society is structured and the way the world is, and I'm going off on one and I'll stop, but you know, it, 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 it's it, it's a self-perpetuating situation. You have to want to change it in order to change it. But
3: uh, it's not just about men and women, is it? It's about the big four against what used to be in the women's game, the big two. I mean, there were, there were six players who had instant international recognition. Both Venus
2: of... Williams has inter- instant international recognition. She's a five-time champion. She hasn't been on centre court once this tournament.
3: Yeah, Venus Williams is, is uh, she's quite a complicated how she fits into things because a lot of people have, have, have look at her age and think that she's not a contender. But, uh...
2: Well, people thought that about Federer for a number of the, years. I think,
0: well, I think the other thing is if you were to go back 20 years, I think the, the same situation was probably happening when actually, if you looked at the women's names, there were, a lot of them were bigger names than Definitely. Carlos Moyer and Marcela Rios and Yevgeny Kofelnikov, et cetera. However, today's tennis, can we talk about that first?
2: Yes, let's. We've covered Angelique Kerber, but there are a couple of other uh, on the, particularly on the women's side topsies that looked like they were in massive massive trouble and ended up fighting through uh, Agnieszka Radvanska on centre court against Tomei Byshynski I don't know, I was listening to the radio commentary I wasn't uh, watching it uh, in person I, I, so I heard that Byshynski had a physical issue but I don't yeah. know how much of a factor that was in the final set which was very one-sided in favour of Radvanska and similarly Caroline Wozniacki fighting through against Annette Conteve who's somebody that I really, really rate Annette Conteve. Yes, she fell away and the nerves got the better of her today against the fifth seed. And I think she served for it twice, actually, in that second set. And then it ended up being, similarly to Radvanska, a very, very one-sided third. But, yeah, it's all about the seeds averting disaster today on the women's side.
3: Well, and it's about Magdalena ribera Did she drop three games or...? Uh No more than that. A very valid point, Didn't you tip her for the the title? Did I tip her for the title? You tipped her. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Yeah, (laughs) Just 24 short hours ago. No, I just said that, you know, it's that weird out there. It feels that unpredictable that she could go a
0: long way, but uh, that was a pretty awesome result. Well, Coco Vanderwey, who I picked at the start of the tournament to be in the final, quite pleased about that at the moment.
2: That was a pretty awesome result as well, wasn't it, Coco Vanderwey?
0: Yeah, I mean, I
3: haven't seen her this season apart from the match she played against Conta, um in Birmingham where she was just, uh, I mean, making Conta look like she was a sort of medium pacer in cricket terms, making her look like she was underpowered. And uh, there's not many people who can do that. So Wozniacki against Coco will be the ultimate contrast of styles, wouldn't it? And I, I, I'm not fancying Wozniaki in that one.
2: So many. I mean, these women's last 16 matches to me are just glorious. Halep, Azarenka. Azarenka, you're tipping for the title, so presumably tipping to beat Halep?
3: Yeah, Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, you just think that that, that she's going to have too much um, weight of
0: stroke. I'm not thinking that. I think Halep wins that.
2: Oh, I think so too, actually. Not by much. I don't feel confident about it, but... I think people underestimate Halop on grass. She has reached a semi final here. She, also think she knows what she's doing. People
0: underestimate how long Victoria Azarenka has been out of the game. She's been out of the game for a year. So she's the was...
2: guy who tipped Petra Govitova to win here. But yeah.
0: Hannah Perm <laughs> is uh, a better version <laughs> He's of. He's just
2: given me that look.
0: Uh, Halop is a better version of Heather Watson, well, who that, that, that's good for Azarenka, then isn't it? Very nearly beat True. Victoria Azarenka. That's I personally good. feel that 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 will be a win for Halup, but we shall see.
2: Conta, Conta Garcia.
3: Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm liking Conta in that one. Um, we spoke to the coach Wim Vissette today. Uh, can't actually describe that because. <laughs> through the kind of machinations of, of, of newspaper media, we're not going to run that in the paper until tomorrow night. So, got to keep. Gotta can keep you my, tease?
2: My, my, my can you tease anything?
3: Got keep my hat on g- that one. But, make um, people
2: read. But he, but, it,
3: but he was, you know, quite interesting and and, and, and pretty upbeat. And uh, give us one open. line, one line, yeah, Simon. I can't, because it's, it's a shared property of, of, uh, of our colleagues. But just, just the mood around that But it's coming, folks. Team.
0: It's coming.
2: OK, so that'll be in the paper tomorrow, Sunday. No, no. No, no Monday.
3: I could, I could talk about it if it was in the paper tomorrow, Sunday, but it's Monday's
2: paper. I'm just getting confused with my days. Monday's paper, but online probably tomorrow night. Yeah, because right.
0: we basically get the day off, everybody, tomorrow, because it's middle Sunday, which we love.
2: Svitolina Ostapenko. Svitolina, who's no-one's talked about. She came in here with a foot injury. She had an awful first-round draw in Ash Barty. I picked her to lose first round, and here she is in the round of 16, taking on the glorious, unpredictable pocket rocket that is French Open champion Yelena Ostapenko. Uh, that is
3: uncallable. I mean, it's not even worth <laughs> yeah. attempting to make a prediction on that
2: one, is it? I can, I mean, I agree, but I'm going to make you anyway. You might as well... Or, yeah. One of you and D- or David can make a prediction. David is pointing towards Simon, and Simon is pointing towards David. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: I, I think Ostapenko will win, personally. I do too. No idea. I'll go through with Lena for variety.
2: We, we've learned not to pick Ostapenko to lose things, haven't we? No, well... I she's mean, on she's, a ten-match winning streak.
0: She's going to win everything. I mean. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, Venus Williams against Anna Konyu.
0: Yes, that is an interesting one because Konyu is an explosive talent. I remember seeing her thrash Red Vansker, I think, at the US Open last year. A Croatian player, uh, former US Open junior champion. But I, I saw um, Venus Williams... In her previous match, she looked right on it again. I I think she's... She's she's...
2: played herself into something. And also, the
0: news overnight coming that uh, she is not, or she's been found not to be at fault for the road accident that very sadly led to a fatality earlier, well, last month.
3: I wonder how many of these women in the the last 16 are actually probably hitting harder than the men in terms of, of MPH.
2: A few of them. I'm looking at Vanderwey for one.
3: Vanderwey, Venus, Ostapenko um, and Conjure probably.
2: Anna Conyu, by the way, one of one of my abiding memories of her is us recording one of our podcasts live last year, probably on a similar day, I think it was second or third round, and her being wheeled past us in a wheelchair after her match against Agnieszka Radwanska. She suffered an I think it was her ankle that she turned midway through the match. I mean it was she was she played on for a couple of points long enough to, to lose the match, but there were similarities although albeit not quite as extreme to Bethany Mattox-Sands this year in terms of how extreme and how obviously extreme the injury was from the get-go and there, I, I so vividly remember we were standing in exactly the same position we are now and she was wheeled past us in sobs of tears in a wheelchair and I'm delighted for her that she's, she's back and she's kind of making up for what happened last year. I do think she's going to lose to Venus Williams though. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, in the top half of the draw, uh, my draw is loading. So help me out here a bit, David. It's the matches we've had today. So it is Kerber against Muguruza.
0: Yeah, Kerber against Muguruza. We've discussed Who's where it'll that? be.
2: We haven't discussed it be. I think I'd probably go be.
0: for Muguruza to win that
3: personally. I think so
2: too. Radvanska Kuznetsova, Simon.
3: Kuznetsova. I'm, I'm, I'm still thinking Radvanska is not in form at all this year. And she got a helping hand because it, I did see um, in the medical timeout that Baczynski took it did look pretty nasty. So, um, so I, I'm, not, not, I'm not fancying Ravanska for that one. <laughs>
2: Rabarakova Martic.
3: <laughs> That's pretty hard to call as well, but I might as well go Rabarakova since I, I've obviously talked her up.
2: It. Martich won very convincingly today. I know it was against Serena Diaz, but she was very convincing. Um, Coco Vanderwey against Caroline Wozniacki is our last women's round of 16 match to call. Where are we with that?
0: Definitely Coco, but, you know, easily, I think. Oh, I'm not sure easily, but I definitely think Coco Vanderwey will win.
2: I think Vanderwey as well. She was on Five Live earlier today talking very candidly about her coaching relationship with Pat Cash and oh, yeah. how... Incredibly fired up, he is about it.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, he's, uh, he is fired up. We, we've just done the Roger Federer match with him in the commentary box. And, but very interesting to hear him talk about it when we, we asked him, you know, so how about her chances here? And he goes, I don't care. I really don't, I'm not, I'm not interested in what her chances might be. I'm only interested in improving her as a tennis player. And it really is as simple as one point at a time. And he said, I know that's boring, but that's what it takes for her to become a better tennis player. Well,
2: she said exactly that in her interview on Fire Live and Jonathan Overend wasn't having any of it. He said, that's boring, Coco, give us something else. And she said exactly that. She said, I'm sorry, I... She said, I would be inclined to, to give you something more interesting, but it's my coach, Pat Cash, mm. that, is, that is giving me that line. So I've, I, you know, I can't go against his I, word. I think
0: it's a, a delicious combination, those two, because I think both of them are, are pretty anti-establishment characters. And I think as a pretty. meeting of minds, I, I really... I really like the idea of it. I think they're, they're going to have great success. This
3: continues
0: to gather momentum, doesn't it?
3: I mean, I was in the interview room with Ernest Gilbis, and one of the questions from an esteemed colleague was, I've heard Marit Safin wants to get back into coaching. What about him? <laughs> For you, <laughs> Ernest? I remember you discussing Marit Safin... Um, with, 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 with me, a, no. ..with a hell-will-freeze-over hell tone when we were, when we were back on, on Who Will Coach Novak.
2: Who should Marit Safin coach? Who should make the call to Marit Safin?
0: Ooh at tennis podcast
2: well, do let us know any what you one
3: think. of andy murray's opponents in the first four rounds isn't it the Benoit pair the <laughs> dustin brown sasha bublik
2: or is it that or, he should, or, or should coach Panini? or should he coach somebody completely different to him like you know the McEnroe-Raunich combination should he coach someone who needs a bit of the Marit safin brought out in them
0: Kyle Edmund
2: well yeah it somebody was, like was, that somebody it was, like Dominic Team, Kyle Edmund do you remember when,
0: when Mats Villander coached uh, Marat Safin that I was a, an interesting combination it was a brief combination <laughs> it was not a very successful one
2: so you've mentioned Novak Djokovic against Ernest Gulbis what did we make of that match it didn't quite live up to expectations in terms of the quality and competitiveness of the match Djokovic I thought was good Gulbis I thought was a bit disappointing relative to expectations
3: Absolutely, yeah. That, that, that's that's bang on. He started out with a flurry of winners, and I chatted to him afterwards, and he actually he put himself off <laughs> because he he was hitting, he was playing too well at the start. He said because he never actually started rallying. Um, and then when he tried to play percentage tennis, he kind of couldn't get it together. And the second set just went in a blink.
2: Well, that's an insight into the, the mindset and sort of the, the, the flakiness of Ernest Gulbis, isn't it? That, I don't know, he, couldn't, he didn't feel that he could just keep doing what he was doing and that would be enough. Is that sort of, like, he doubted himself and thought, I mean, Ernest Gulbis playing percentage tennis, is that... Is that the route to victory over Novak Djokovic? I'm not sure.
3: Well, he just—he hasn't got the backing in terms of matches, and, and particularly, I mean, when you look at him, I don't think his mental game is his problem. I think his problem is his forehand, you know, which which has been rebuilt, you know, so many times, and
2: particularly recently, he's def—is definitely different technically to how it was prior to these recent injuries you seem unimpressed by the remodelled well, version well,
3: there's more he, I think. Uh, the, the BBC claimed I don't know if they, he said this anywhere. I didn't, I didn't hear it I didn't get a chance to ask myself but BBC claimed that he changed it because the players were all laughing at it
2: well that's what we re- we reported yes, I don't, on the podcast I, I, last night I think and the BBC
0: took that from our conversation I think
3: conversation. they did
2: you know yeah, yeah which yeah. we took from an interview at the ATP World Tour Uh, Website Uh, did with him. Which
0: is now in the Telegraph (laughs) tomorrow. Everybody's stealing everybody's (laughs) line. Brilliant.
2: Um, so that was Djokovic, it's a bit like when Catherine
0: decided to start the rumour about uh, Goran Ivanisevic <laughs> coaching Novak Djokovic. And then Djokovic. I saw that
2: rumour being perpetuated on Twitter and then I re-reported the rumour on Eurosport <laughs> and I was like, there are rumours that Goran's going to coach Djokovic. Proper And proper I didn't realise that I was here. just um, reporting my own rumours. But I still think <laughs> Goran is sitting by the phone waiting for the call. I think he will have been annoyed that Mario Antic is in that coaching team.
0: I'm going to ask him on Monday.
2: Please do. Don't you think? Definitely, but
3: I, I still think that, that, that this is the insider trading, isn't it? On the on, on the, uh, the rumour front.
2: <laughs> it is. It, we accept that and we move on. David, you were commentating on Roger Federer against Misha Zverev. A good match, yeah, but was, not it, one you ever thought Misha Zverev was going to win. There, there
0: was there was one small moment in, when it was 4-2 first set for Federer and, and Zverev broke back and actually had, I think, break points at five games all. And you thought, maybe Roger might think. lose his his rhythm here or something he immediately served an ace and Pat Kish just said that was so inevitable and, and I thought you know what that's right really and he, he got his way through the first set tie break and thereafter you know although I feel that Roger Federer should not be on centre court every day of uh, every round of the tournament I think it is wrong That is my personal opinion. That that is not what should be happening. I think there should be some some equality between those top players. They should all take their place on court number one at some point. Tonight, watching Federer putting on a show because in that third set he went into exhibition mode, and it was it was incredible to watch and to be present there. And in the penultimate point of the match, you could see the crowd almost wanting to start the standing ovation before he'd even finished. And when he finally hit the winning shot, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a crowd, and it wasn't sort of with with ecstasy at, at, at Andy Murray pulling off a last-minute win. It was just... It was like a theatre audience just rising as one to appreciate what they've just seen. And, and well there is nothing else quite like it in this sport.
3: Well, that's why it's a tough call to put him on anything other than centre because if you bought the best tickets and you don't get to see him, you feel robbed.
0: Well,
2: too but bad, again, too bad self, is what again, I was saying. Again, a self-perpetuating no. situation because of the frequency with which is, he's though. been put on centre court over the last few years. No, if he's he then not put on centre you take it for granted. You've got centre court tickets on Monday. You take it for granted, you're going to see Roger Federer and Andy Roger Murray.
0: Federer open, Simon.
2: I actually disagree. I look at it as the matchups. I don't see it as it's Roger Federer, regardless of who he's playing. He's on centre court. I think Federer Dimitrov, as a match, should be on centre court. I think Federer should have been put out on court one before now. And I think, provided he makes it through on Monday, uh, his quarter-final would be against... I do know this because I did my predictions and I think my predictions are coming to fruition in that quarter. And I did look this up earlier. Timor Team or Burdick... No, I think they're in Djokovic's bit, aren't oh, yeah. they? I don't know. So well, it's anyway, whoever else is say, in that Simon. bit. But Let's, I think I, I, I think put stick Federer, Dimitrov on center court on Monday. I know you're pointing. I'm just going to finish my point very quickly. It's time for Simon, <laughs> um, and then stick Federer on court one for his quarterfinal on Wednesday. I agree with you. He shouldn't arbitrarily, no matter what, be put on center. But that match should be.
3: There's something about tennis specifically out of all the sports is that they do have it does have a a link with the performing arts and um, if anyone out there likes a a good book about tennis they should read Love Game by Elizabeth Wilson who's a fantastic social cultural theorist she talks about how for a lot of people it's closer to a visit to Glyndebourne than it is to going to a football match which is one reason why a lot of people's allegiances are not with their own nationality of players but with the players who they find most satisfying aesthetically which in some ways makes the British paper's obsession with Murray and Conte somewhat laughable but anyway, (laughs) uh, as we move on um, that that tension also applies to the whole thing about you know, uh, appearance fees wild cards, all those questions tennis is not a pure sport in the sense of it is just a kind of churning machine for competition there is more to it. So it has a, an internal complexity where the, these debates will continue to come up.
2: It's like David Foster Wallace's incredible piece about Roger Federer's religious experience. I'm argue, I'm using that to sort of argue against myself. I don't believe he should just, no matter what, be put on centre court. But
0: What about it, Andy Murray?
2: No. He's been
0: I, on centre court he, every match.
2: Murray against Pear, very validly, could be put on court number one. Very, very validly. They won't, but... Might they do. possibly should. What yeah, I, I
3: feel a lot less strongly about Murray being put on court one. I'm, I'm, all I'm saying is, if you put Federer on court one, people who have sent to court tickets will be extremely upset. I'm not sure that they will feel the same way about
0: Murray. Very interesting.
2: Interesting. That is Isn't interesting. It it's so interesting.
0: There's so many matches. So many possibilities and we don't know what the order of play is and fact. there are
2: others as well there's Nadal Muller I don't think Nadal is even in the conversation to get on centre court on Monday extraordinarily <laughs> some, some, one, somebody and could that end actually match wise could be really interesting
3: well he's the best player in the tournament so far isn't he without any doubt he's been been clear head and shoulders above everybody else and yeah Muller also is um, a good test for him it's going to be short and sharp and, and it's going to Call his return into you know it's going to test his return, but I'm still expecting Rafa to come through that without without being taken to a fourth set. Who's
0: going to win the title, based on what you've seen?
3: Well, I, I mean, Rafa's the best, but I think I said yesterday because because Roger did um, peak late at the Australian Open. I'm still leaving him improvement room, and when he came into the press you we know, talked about his head cold um, and how he's feeling at least 50% better than he was two days ago. And I think that might have just taken a little bit of shine off his his first couple of performances.
1: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door.
0: Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right.
2: Can I settle all the arguments because the order of play is out? Yes, you can. I'm going to read it out, okay? And I'm going to report on the reactions of David Law and Simon Briggs as I read it. <laughs> First up, Centre Court: Anna Conny, Venus Williams. Wow, I am surprised. Pleasantly I'm, surprised. So, I'm pleasantly, pleasantly so. surprised. She's earned it. Second up, Andy Murray against Benoit Paire. Is anyone surprised?
3: No, no, not really.
2: Third up, Roger Federer, Grigor Dimitrov. Given that, what do we think is on Court One?
0: Oh. Can well, I, rep- I can report first and men.
2: foremost that there's also any one women's match on court one. Yeah. So that's four men's and two women's across the two main show courts. I'll let my tone of voice do the but, 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 but speaking there. But, but if the
3: big four had not all been here, it wouldn't be the case. I mean, it's not... Puny- wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely not. It would not be the case. Uh, they put Wozniacki-Wek van der Wey ahead of team... So market forces Maybe, are more important I just, than I equality. Maybe,
2: just, I just think equality for equality's sake is valuable. It's not
3: just a gender issue. It's a big four issue. We're a very specific phenomenon in sport. But it's a market forces issue, ultimately. The market forces
2: is, is a self-perpetuating thing. The market is set by the big society. Four,
3: the big four's prominence is not a purely a gender issue. I mean, they are... Uh,
2: you can't el- eliminate gender from if it. If
0: Serena Williams was here, what would be happening then? Yeah, she'd be on the show course. And Venus Williams would be, would be...
2: Yeah, Venus Williams would be... She'd be On, number on court, one. no, she'd be on court number two because they they, there's no way they're putting Joe Konta on court, court number one. The point is,
0: though, Simon, would there be three women's matches then on those two main show courts, or not? Well, you're saying are the big four still
3: playing? Yeah. If one of the big four goes out, if one of the big four is injured, and they have, and it's is actually the, isn't it the first time that all big four are playing on Monday since 2011? You
2: say big four, and I know this is devil's advocate. Look, I know Djokovic has big, big fans here. I'm not, uh, I, I, I'm not questioning that. I'm saying if we're looking at purely market forces. You think Djokovic against Manorino is a bigger draw, a bigger crowd pleaser than Kerber Muguruza, simply because Djokovic is a member of the Big Four? I don't.
3: I'm saying it's a concept that everyone in tennis is kind of locked into, the Big Four, and, and they, they've created this, and it's not because they're men. If, if they had been for four women with, with uh, 46 slams, I think then they would be dominating the conversation on the show if, course.
0: I wonder whether it is also part of the five-set versus three-set element and the length of
2: entertainment yeah, in commerce. A, it's, I'm just it, speculating. It's a, it's a, it's, it, you can't do right for doing wrong, women's tennis. It, it's, you can't win. Let, it, let them play five. Wow. You, they were not allowed to play five because of market forces and they're not allowed to be on a show court what because else is they happening? don't play five because of market forces. Kerber Muguruza, the world number one against the finalists of two years ago, court number one. Azarenka Halep, uh, sorry, court number two. Azarenka Halep, court number two. Raunich Zverev, court number two. Sorry, what was Zverev, it? Zverev, who I zone. saw hit a trick shot on match point today awesome, against yeah. Sebastian Offner of Austria. <laughs> Zverev looked irritated that the world number 217 who I was very impressed by by the way was even winning points against him he looked irritated
0: (laughs) this guy (laughs) just to confirm so which one of the men's matches is first on court one is it Nadal or Djokovic
2: First, on court one, Konta, and then Nadal, and then Djokovic. Okay, thank court you. Court two, Kerber-McGuruza, Azarenka-Halep, Ranić-Zverev. Court number three, which I should remind people is accessible to grounds pass holders, Radvanska, de Vanderway-Wozniacki, and then team Burdick. And then court 12 features the French Open champion Yelena Ostapenko versus Elena Svitolina, Batisa Ragut-Chilic, uh, Court 18, Rabarakova martich query who we haven't even mentioned, who won one game today against Joe Wilfred songa against Kevin Anderson, the comeback kid, and then I think that's it for singles matches. There's doubles as well. I'm glad we got that order of play in uh, before the end of the podcast. I'm going to wrap up because David has given me the wrap-up sign. Simple as that. Simon, thank you very much. Two days in a row for Simon Briggs on the Tennis Podcast. We are very lucky. David Law, thank you. We've been the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport, and we will be back on Manic Monday.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince.